Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. the Capitals and the Bruins tonight from TD Garden. Joe Haggerty will join us to help scout tonight's opponent and Dmitry Orlov suspended for the next two games. Good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, January 20th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7, presented by Clear, the faster way in the Capital One Arena. With John Carlson already sidelined due to COVID protocol this week, the Capitals already short one of their best players on the back end, heading to Boston. Now, Washington will have to live without Dmitry Orlov in the lineup tonight as well. Orlov suspended by the NHL two games for knee-on-knee contact with Winnipeg's Nikolai Ehlers Tuesday night at Capital One Arena in the third period. His absence will certainly be felt tonight as the Capitals take on the Bruins at TD Garden. One other roster note to tell you about this morning, albeit a minor one, the Capitals announced yesterday that forward Axel Janssen-Fialbi has been recalled from AHL Hershey to the taxi squad. Fialbi will be available if the Capitals need him tonight against the Bruins, although at the moment no reason to think that that will happen against the Bees. Joining us here on Caps this morning, you read him on Twitter at Hacks with Hags, Bruins writer for Boston Hockey Now. He is a friend of the show, Joe Haggerty, joining us. Hags, how you doing? Thanks for coming back to the show here on Caps this morning. No, John, doing great. The kids are playing hockey. I'm coaching hockey. The Bruins are playing hockey. I'm in rinks pretty much 24-7 every day of the week, seven days a week. So life is good right now. You are living a charm life, sir. Let's talk about (laughs) something good from the Carolina game, and that was the pregame, a wonderful tribute Tuesday night to Willie O'Ree. His number 22 retired to the Garden Rafters 64 years to the day that he took the ice as the first black player in the NHL. Tell us about the ceremony that took place on Tuesday. Sounds just like a wonderful moment in Bruins history. Yeah, it was a fantastic moment. Well-deserved, obviously, uh, for a trailblazer, a class gentleman uh, like Willie O'Ree that for so long now has been a great ambassador to the game, working with kids and trying to bring the game to all kinds of generations of people that love hockey and people that don't know hockey that well, and he's trying to bring it to them. So he's been a great ambassador for the game for a while. And just the fact that he broke the color barrier over 60 years ago. A huge accomplishment. It's worthy of all the accolades. Not only the, the number going to the Raptors, and that was a great ceremony the other night, but he's getting you know gold medals from U.S. Congress and all kinds of other honors. Yesterday was Willie O'Ree Day in Boston while his number was going to the Raptors. So all kinds of cool things are happening for him at 80, 86 years old. So well-deserved. It was too bad he couldn't be there just because of COVID. And I understand that situation, but he was still able to watch it on Zoom with his wife and his daughter out in California while it was going on. A very interactive ceremony. He asked Anson Carter to come and raise the banner for him to the rafters, which was an awesome touch too. Those two are very close. So I think it was a huge moment, not only for Bruins fans, not only for Willie O'Ree, but also for a lot of black hockey players out there who have looked at Willie O'Ree as a hero and an inspiration. And guys like Wayne Simmons, Joel Ward, uh, players that have played in the NHL speak to him as a hero and an inspiration to them. And a huge moment for that entire community. So it was great to see. 
I always admire your honesty on Twitter and especially coming through when things don't go as well. And I saw that for the Bruins after the first period in the game on Tuesday night. What the heck happened on Tuesday? The Bruins were absolutely rolling. They housed the Capitals last Monday and scoring seven goals, but giving up five in the first, first time at home. That had happened since 1982. A lot of things apparently didn't go very well against the Hurricanes the other night. Yeah, and this is beginning to have the makings of just a really bad matchup for the Bruins this year with the Hurricanes, who, interestingly enough, they've kind of owned in the recent past. They've eliminated them in the playoffs uh, the last few times, and pretty easily the last few times they've met them there in the last few years. But they've lost the Hurricanes twice now and been outscored 10-1 to 1 in those two games, and really it's, it hasn't been close in either one of those two games. They're playing a lot better now than they were the last time they played Carolina, but I think it may turn out to be a bad matchup for them. But that being said, it was just a horrible game. Third and fourth line were terrible. They allowed five even strength goals and did had zero presence offensively. There was a few defensemen that were coming back from COVID, and that was their first game in a few days, and they were really not good. Duke Rask looked rusty in his second game back after the long layoff, after looking good in the first game. And really what happened was they got down two to nothing quickly. They scored a goal to kind of claw back into it. Patrice Bergeron gets a goal. They allow a goal 13 seconds later to go down three to one. And basically when that happened, the game was over and they kind of quit. And it was really uh, surprising to see because they have not played like that recently since January one. That's only the second time they've lost. They've been a different team. So maybe they got it all out of their system. I don't know, but it was an outlier of a game. I didn't see a lot of things that I've seen recently from that team in that game. Lena Solmark going to get the start tonight. He got the win against Washington last Monday. And Jeremy Swayman, who was the backup on that night, is now in Providence with Rask's return. Swayman just biding his time at this point. I mean, this is a depth now for the Bruins, assuming Rask is able to do what he has done in the past. And as Olmark gets the start, Jeremy Swayman, I guess, just has to be a patient man at this point. Yeah, it's a tough situation, but the Bruins, to their credit, outlined exactly what could happen and what the situation was to all the goalies at the beginning of the year. And they told Olmark and Swayman that it was a distinct possibility that Tukaras could decide to come back. They could sign him. And that, you know, that obviously Swayman is the only one that could be the odd man out because he still has uh, the option to go to the minors without waivers. Allmark has a full no movement clause for this year and next, so he's not going anywhere. So Swayman kind of knew he was going to be the guy as the younger goalie go down to the minors if this did happen. And yeah, it's it's tough for him. It certainly was disappointing when it happened. Uh, you know, his numbers were very good, and I think he's he's fared well as a rookie goaltender this year, and he's got an extremely bright future. I still think he's the number one goalie of the future for the Bruins, and he will be the franchise guy once Tuca is gone. But, you know, he still had some rebound control issues to work on, some fine-tuning with his uh, technique and his mechanics, and some things to focus on down there. So I think a trip to the AHL right now isn't the worst thing in the world for him. I certainly don't think he's going to go backwards, given the way he approaches things mentally. But I I do think uh, it was just a numbers game when they brought Tuca on board. And what it comes down to, John, is the Bruins didn't want to go into the playoffs, I think, with zero goalies with any playoff experience. And between Olmark and Swayman, they have zero playoff experience. And I think they were kind of fearing what might happen uh, with an unproven playoff goalie. So they decided to bring Tuka Rass back, hedge their bets, and hope that he's the Tuka of old now that he's got the surgically repaired hip. 
Interesting you should say that to the people in Washington because we're the two that are here. Only the Boston series last year is the only experience that they have, and there's certainly not much there. Uh, last thing for you, Hags, a little strange to see David Pasternak off the top line in Boston with he, Marshawn, Bergeron together for all these years, but having Taylor Hall has changed that math a little bit, having Craig Smith too. Do you see this current configuration in the top six Eric Hall at center two, for that matter, on the second line. Is this something that has staying power, or is this just a for-now kind of thing? I think it might have staying power. This has been the impetus behind all the winning that we've seen in January. They came back from the holiday-slash-COVID break, and Bruce Cassidy said, you know, we're not getting enough scoring throughout our lines. We're too top-heavy, too one-dimensional with the perfection line. Uh, and he needed to find some kind of combinations that were going to bring life offensively out of some of these other forwards. And so he made the changes that he did. Charlie Coyle was the second-line center. He got dropped down to the third line. Eric Holla got bumped up to that second line. Posternek and Hall on e each other's side. And, you know, the, you saw when Brad Marchand was suspended and Taylor Hall played in his left-wing spot that there was some kind of chemistry between Pasternak and Hall. And so they got a little hint of that, and they decided to really double down on it and put Pasternak on the second line with Hall. And their speed, their offensive skill, the way that they play the game has been a very good fit together. You can really see them bringing the best out of each other. And, and Hall's been a different player since Pasternak went down there. And Craig Smith, great second-effort guy, good high-energy guy, willing to shoot the puck, has a lot of good qualities that will mesh with Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. So it's been a really good fit all around. Is Eric Halla, uh, you know, your full-time number two center for the rest of the year uh, between those two? Maybe. I don't know if he's the ideal solution. I still think they're looking for the perfect solution and a replacement for David Krejci, and they haven't found it yet with Charlie Coyle or Eric Halla, but they may have to make do, make do with him for the rest of the year. But I do think you're for the foreseeable future, as long as it's working and as long as they're scoring more even strength goals now with these lines. You're going to see them continue to move forward. And it's interesting. They were towards the bottom before January in five-on-five -five scoring. They're now in the middle of the pack in the NHL just from the last few weeks because almost every goal that they've scored has been even strength all throughout the lineup. So they're a much stronger unit with these lines the way they are now. You can find him on Twitter, Hacks with Hags. Joe Haggerty, Bruins writer for Boston Hockey Now. Sir, look forward to seeing you in the press box tonight at TD Garden. Thanks for joining us. We're going to roll out the red carpet for you, John. Can't wait. Our thanks to Joe Haggerty for giving us the scouting report on the Bruins. The Caps in Boston tonight at 7 o'clock. Network air on 106.7 The Fan and Caps Radio 24-7 at 645. Caps Game Day, your extended pregame show exclusively on Caps Radio 24-7 beginning at 4 o'clock. Ben will get you ready for tonight's game among the interviews that you'll hear this afternoon. My conversation with Bruins radio voice Judd Surratt on tonight's opponent and a whole lot more. That starts at 4 o'clock this afternoon at CapsRadio247.com. Have yourself a great game day Thursday, everyone. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.